and pray for me. And, and if you pray that the Lord will just anoint me and give me, and he is, uh, uh, give me liberty, we can do that. If not, I may drag it out. Uh, and so if I'm longer than I should be, according to what you think, then blame yourself for it for not praying for me hard enough. <laughs> Praise God. It's not always easy to step up behind this podium and, and begin to speak uh, uh, to people out in the congregation because uh, I've been coming here for a while here, but since I've been speaking, it's been a number of days, and, and I find myself still getting a little nervous, a little shaky when I first get up here. And somebody said, well, Brother Ben, why have you been coming up there a lot? Because uh, God's going to hold me responsible for what I say. And I want to say it in a way that he'll be pleased. And I won't run you off, but I don't want to beat around the bush either. Uh, I believe people need to hear the truth. Uh, the Bible said that we need uh, to hear the truth. Uh, I'm paraphrasing. I could, I, could, I could teach it what it says and bring it back to that, but I don't even know if it says those exact words just like that way or not. But, but it's all about that, we, the truth. I want to go a step further with where I've been in the last couple, three days. Uh, I start off by telling you that uh, to be filled with the Spirit is uh, the initial evidence is speaking in tongues. And far as I'm concerned, the Holy Ghost, and you forgive me if I rub you wrong when I tell you this, uh, uh, the, the Pentecostal movement has got hung up there on that verse where it talks about speaking in tongues. We speak in tongues. We're proud that the Lord let us have that light and that. We believe in heavenly language. We believe in all of that. But if that's all you've got for a witness, that's not enough to get you convicted. There's more to it than that. That's just the initial evidence. Now, the next time I spoke, I talked about love. If you, when you got saved, Paul said when you were saved, you was a new creature in Christ Jesus, when you got born again. So a new creature in Christ Jesus, you take on another personality, and that personality should be God-like. It should be uh, uh, what God is, what Jesus is, and, and but God is love. The Bible says he's love. And so when you got saved, if, it, if, if there hasn't been a spirit of love come in your life, it didn't take. Then we went on the next time we talked about joy. If you really love to be around somebody, it makes you full of joy to be around them. And besides that, God gives us joy. I get joy out of getting up on Sunday morning and coming to church. I'll wake up with joy on Friday knowing it's just one more day and then I get to go to church. There's a lot more to joy in that. We talked about it. I'm not going to go back over that. But the second thing, uh, uh, well, it's actually the third thing starting with the initial evidence. But the second thing I was talking about after that, though, uh, the joy, is all part of the fruit of the Spirit. What Spirit? The Spirit of Christ that now lives in you because you came to an altar and you give your heart to the Lord. Now I want to back up and I want to, I, I, I want to bring it a little bit more to you. 
I want to show you where I'm coming from. Luke 11 and 23 and tw uh, 24 through 26. I want to read it to you. I'm going to read from the NIV. Listen to it. It says, when an evil spirit comes out of a man, it goes through dry places, seeking rest, and does not find it. Then it says, I will return to the house I left. And when he arrives, it finds the house is swept clean and put in order. Then he goes and takes, he goes away and takes seven other spirits more wicked than himself. And they go and live there. And said the final condition of that man is worse than the first. Sounds like somebody that, that I remember a time or two in my life that we prayed for and got delivered from the, the spirits that was possessing them. In other words, they got saved. But then uh, uh, they didn't do anything. They didn't progress any further. They were clean. And if God called them home right then, they'd go home, be with the Lord. But since he lets us live, there's more to it than just going down and asking for forgiveness. When God forgives us, we need to go on past uh, the initial works of just asking God to forgive us, and we need to begin to walk in his spirit. We are supposed to be spirit-filled. We believe in being spirit-filled. And so if all you've got is the initial evidence, you're a long way from being filled. Now, uh, as we get into this, we find out that they are nine gifts or nine fruits of the Spirit. And the first three, love and joy and peace, and what I want to talk about today is peace. Uh, those three fruits are a direct relationship between you and the Lord. Until you can get that in your heart, until you can get to know that's who you are and that you love him and you have joy being around him and his people and you have peace because of him, not your peace but the peace he gives you, not the peace you find in the world but the peace he gives you. Until you can get that embedded in your heart and your spirit, you'll never go on to profess the other six fruits in your life. It'll never happen. Today you find people that are in and out of church occasionally. That's not a person that loves God. That's not a person that loves God's house. That, you've heard people say, well, I love God, but, but man, I just can't stand it. I, I got things to do. I can't get up early on Sunday morning. I got to go do something else. They don't really love God. They haven't fell in love with God, and they haven't fell in love with God's people. They don't have the joy of going to church. They really don't have a relationship with God. When you get a relationship with God, you'll be full of love that comes from God, full of joy to be around God and God's people in God's house, and you'll certainly have peace with whatever goes on in life. It may not turn out like I want it to. I want to go golfing, but it's raining, but I can still have peace because God gave me the peace I got. We had a memorial service Thursday our brother David went on home to be with the Lord we all, before that, but we just had a sending-away party here for him. And I had peace in my heart for that service because I knew him. I knew he loved the Lord. All of that comes together when you love him. And so we could preach an hour right along those lines, but we'll try to move on and give you something to do with peace today. Excuse me, my, my throat's giving me a little problem here this morning. 
David, you pray for me. The fruit of the Spirit, peace. Galatians says in 5 and 22, in case you haven't already read it, but when the Holy Spirit, catch this, when the Holy Spirit controls our life, He will produce this kind of fruit in us. Love, joy, and peace. That's where we are today. Now, I, I like the King James. I've got one right here. I, I fall back on it. But I thank God for these other Bibles he's given us because God knew I needed all the help I could get. You might understand the King James real good and be happy with it. Well, bless you. But I got three or four of them and I use them all because I need all the help I can get. So when we begin to want to really see somebody <coughs> that we want to look up to, we see somebody that, that, man, their life just blesses me. If you look at them and watch them and see what's going on, you're going to see those fruit in their life if you really love the Lord. The reason God wanted us to have the baptism of the Holy Spirit was so that we could have power, so that the enemy couldn't come back in and our spirit, our our, our life being worse shape than it was before we went to an altar. I've seen a, a lot of people in my life since I've been ministering that genuinely come to an altar, sincere, and, and they ask God to forgive them, and they went good for a few weeks, uh, but then they got pulled back into the world. And why did they get pulled back in the world? Because it had a pull on them, and they weren't strong enough to fight the battle by themselves to say what they need to be. I've seen people that got saved, and well, I'm going to go get with all my friends now. Jump up and just go to do it, and, and go down, and, and I said, wait, hold, 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 you need to get in the Word a little bit more, but, but Brother Ben, the Lord, he'll give me what I need. I need to go tell them about it and go out and, and get, gather around a bunch of people that weren't saved, and first thing you know, they're right back where they was at. We need to, we need to realize that we need the power of God in our lives. Paul said that we ought to study to show yourself approved. There's nobody that goes to the altar and gets it enough. They ought to go back out and fight with the devil, with everybody around. They need to get some covering for themselves. I hear people say, well, we don't believe this way. We don't believe that way. It don't make no difference which way you believe. Believe in what you, believe what you want to, but if it don't line up to God's word, then you're believing wrong. And you're never going to know what the word says unless you get in the word and study it. Help me now, I want to preach to you. I tell you the truth. Whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me. I'll get back to that in a minute. Think about that, though. Galatians 5 and 22. Love, joy, and peace. There's a lot more that we need. Uh, you see people go to church and, and they're not a witness. They're not a witness to people. They go every Sunday, hardly ever miss but they never win any people to the Lord. Why don't they win anybody to the Lord? Why is it sometimes that we can't control our tempers and, and we can't get past having a fit of carnality when things don't go our way? Why is it that we go to church Sunday after Sunday after Sunday after Sunday and we still let little things rub us in such a way that we get mad at everybody in the church and walk off? It's because that we're not filled with His Spirit. When we get filled with his spirit, we'll be able to do like James did. When we stoned him. We'll be able to do like Jesus did. Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. 
But you've got to be filled with his spirit. You've got to go on past the beginning and, and go through the other things that we need. And we need the fruit of the Spirit in our life. It's a landmark that we are filled when we live and operate in His Spirit as far as the fruit of the Spirit is concerned. I'm going to tell you a little bit about where I'm coming from. As a young man, my mom and dad never went to church. I remember going to church with my mom and dad one, two times in my life before I left home. They made me go every now and then. I went less than I should have. And I certainly never developed love for God or never had any joy or any peace uh, that comes from God. And I want you to know something other than that, that God is well able to give you all we need and then some if we're willing to let him give it to us. But, but we have to realize that it comes with a price. It don't cost you anything for salvation, but it costs you to keep it, praise the Lord. There's times that the enemy knows how to make you want to stomp your feet, cuss or cry one or the other. But if you're saved and sanctified like you need to be in Christ Jesus, then you can... Move on past that. That's why we need power in our life that's more than the power that I had before I received the baptism of the Holy Ghost because he gives me power. There's been lots of times that, that I wanted to give up. But I remember what the Scripture says. Why did I remember it? Because he brought it back to me at the time that I needed and I was able to remember. He's all we need. But we need all of him that we can get. Let me try to move forward. John 14, 27 says, Peace I leave with you. Jesus left us peace. We need peace. He knew we needed peace, and so we should have that peace that everything's going to be all right. He said, I, I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. In other words, I'm not giving you a peace like you can get anywhere in the world. I'm giving you something that comes from glory. It comes with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Don't let your hearts be troubled, he said. And don't be afraid. Because I've given you a peace that will go with you through the storm. Luke 2 and 14 says, Glory to God in the highest on earth. And on earth, peace to men. In whom rests his favor. We get his favor when we live like we are supposed to according to the pages of Scripture. God's not pleased with us when we don't follow him like we ought to. We'll never get anywhere when we've got another God bigger than God. We'll never get anywhere when it doesn't mean anything for me to come to church on this Sunday. I can come next Sunday because I, I, wanna, I got a program or something I want to do this Sunday or, or something else. God needs to be put at the top of our agenda every day of the week. That may not set well with some folks, but that's the way it is. God gave his son for you and I to die on a cruel cross because he loved us before we were even lovable. So what's the big deal about just, just being the person he's called us to be, to love him beyond measure with all that was in us, to be the person that he wants you to be so that he can use you. In salvation, peace because of faith, 
We have peace because we have a faith, but we don't have faith in God. How can we have peace with God? We, everything works in faith. We can't please God without faith. He's put, I put my trust in Jesus, and I know everything is going to be all right. Why? By living close to the Lord, we can have peace in our heart, in our life, and everywhere we go. But if I'm not putting my trust in God, I can't expect him to work everything out. But when I trust him, when I let him be the head of my life, when I put him first, I can have peace in my heart that he's going to make everything work out all right. Now, I can't have that peace if I don't love him enough to trust him. And I'll never have joy until I get to the place that I love him like that. It's just one, two, three, it comes together. John 5 and 24 now said, I tell you the truth, whoever hears my words and believes him who sent me has eternal life and will not be condemned. We have to believe that. That's a faith thing. If you don't believe that, you're never going to get where you need to be. You'll never have that peace. Peace because we have peace because we follow him. In our following, we have peace. He calls us to follow him. Matthew tells us in 419, come and follow me. Jesus said, and I will make you fishers of me. And we can have peace by knowing that if we have faith in him, that he is going to cause us to be able to win somebody to the Lord. But see, you have to walk with him and follow him in a personal life with him to, as you know him, not just as a God off somewhere sometime when I die that I'm going to go to heaven and see him, but it has to be an ongoing fellowship with the Lord. The disciples, when he called them, they got up and left what they was doing and their life changed and they went in another direction and they followed him. But today in the world today, we find people that say, I'm saved and, and I am go to church such and such, but, but we're really just trying to fit that in to all of the other things in our life and we need to take and make an adjustment there and put God on, on the middle of the agenda and work in stuff on the sideline and let God be what he needs to be in our life and he needs to be my all. Then I can have fellowship because of the fellowship. Uh, I, brother, I can have peace because of the fellowship with him. Tell us to walk in the light as he is in the light. And we'll have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ's son purifies us from all sin. Walk with him. Be with him. And we can have peace that's going to happen. Our security is in him. And it gives us peace to know that we have security in him. Our minds are free from worry if we trust him. Wow. Our minds are free from worry if we trust him. And, and, and so we need to trust him. We need, we need to uh, let our minds be free from worry. But many times we worry about this and we worry about that and we worry about that. And when really all we got to do is just trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord and he'll bring it to pass. Now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not, do not see. Brother Terry, I haven't been to heaven yet. I've heard of people that the Lord has let visit heaven. It's supposed to be beautiful. I believe it is. It's a real place. I haven't been there, but I've read the scriptures, and I have faith in what the scriptures says, 
and I have faith in it because I know that I have faith in God because I know he met me in an altar one day. And my life changed from there. And I never became perfect there. And the other times I went to the altar behind there, I still never became perfect. And as I stand before you today, I'm not perfect, but I've got my eyes focused on him who is perfect. And whatever I need, he'll give it to me. And so we can have peace knowing in faith that God loves me because the Bible said he died on the cross for me. But he didn't just die on the cross for me. He was resurrected for me and for you. And the Bible teaches that he sits on the right-hand side of the Father making intercession for you and I. Our minds are free from doubt if we trust God and trust God's word. We can be free from doubt. We don't need to understand. We just need to trust him. We just need to trust him. There was a time in my life I went through, I wanted to understand everything. If I didn't understand it, I backed up from it. And I backed up from it. And I wouldn't have anything to do with it. But I found out in the Lord that I'm never going to understand everything on this side of glory. My mind can't comprehend the goodness of God. My ears have heard a lot of good things about God, but they've never heard the extent of all the glory of God. And my eyes are still pretty good, but I still can't see all that God has for me, even when I try to understand it in the Scripture. So glory is going to be wonderful to be with him forever and ever and ever and ever without end. But on the flip side of that, if I don't live right and you don't live right, hell is forever and ever and ever a place without end, a place without end of time or torment. And so I choose Today I get to choose, and so do you every day that you wake up, you get to choose who you're going to serve. And so I don't need to know all about the ins and outs. I need to just understand and realize all I got to do to go to heaven is just trust him. Trust him. And I can have peace in my heart and in my spirit and in my mind. That no matter what the devil throws at me or throws at you, everything will be all right if you just trust him. The Bible says again in Hebrews eleven six, 6, without faith, it's impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he reward, rewards those who earnestly seek him. We can have peace. And be satisfied with it, the peace that we have. The Lord tells us in Psalms, the Lord gives strength to his people. The Lord blesses his people with peace. It's not my peace, but it's the Lord's peace. He blesses his people with if he'll lean on him. So when, when it looks like things are bleak down the road in our life and it looks like nothing's going to work out right, just remember, in the Lord, there's peace for you and for me for the situation that we're in because he's there with us. Philippians 4 and 7 says, And the peace of God, which transcends 
all understanding. I don't understand it, but it's one thing I know. I want God's peace in my life. I don't know why God would take time out to, to love me enough to forgive me, to, to take me past that and uh, make me have the joy of the Lord to come uh, to be able to get in church and to worship with you and, and, and give me peace that everything's going to be all right. But that's the kind of God he is. When the devil tells you there's no hope, God says, oh, yes, there's much hope. And I'll give you peace to go through whatever you're going through. Our minds are free from doubt if we trust God. Uh, chapter uh, uh, 11 and 1 here in this book, it says, Now faith being sure, being sure of what we hope for. Let me go a little further. It's a promise. In Isaiah, he says, the writer put in here and he says, you will keep in perfect peace him whose mind is steadfast because he trusts you. Do you trust the Lord this morning? Do you trust him with every situation in your life? We need to. He'll keep us, Isaiah says, in perfect peace, all those who trust him, whose thoughts often turn to the Lord. Maybe that's why some people don't uh, ties to the Lord. Have you ever thought about that? The trust factor? Oh, I want to go to heaven. I plan on going to heaven. I, I'm going one day. I love the Lord. You're saying I trust the Lord. I trust that it's real, everything the book says. And then to get down to there and, and it comes out if you don't tithe. Do you really trust the Lord? See, because to trust someone is to trust them to the very nth degree. If you had a rope as big as your uh, thumb and you had yourself hanging on it and you weighed 300 pounds or 100 pounds, whatever, and it said on the rope that it'll carry the exact amount that you weigh. Say it's 100 pounds and it says the rope maximum strength for 100 pounds. And you trust it to hold you there. But what if somebody walks up and takes a razor blade and cuts one thread? And you're still hanging there. Would you want to trust it to cut one more thread? I wouldn't. And that's what we're saying sometimes when we serve God. I trust God. I believe God. He's going to take me to heaven. But God tells us that, that we, we need to trust him in everything. Do we really trust him if we Want to push it one way or another? See, when it comes down to trusting the Lord, having peace in the Lord, we need to trust him with the things we can, we can take care of and with the things we can't take care of. And then he'll give you peace. He'll make it happen. Go a little bit further here. Keep you in perfect peace, those who trust the Lord. Praise God. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 5 and 7, we walk by faith and not by sight. And it's his strength and power that keeps us. Power. John 16, 33 says, I've told you three th these things so that in me you may have peace. In the world you're going to have troubles, but take heart. He said, I've overcome the world. The Lord's overcome the world. And if we're in him, we've overcome it essentially through him. Praise God. 
Let the peace of Christ reign in your hearts. When things don't seem like it's going to go right, if you put your peace uh, out there and let God give you that peace that he has to give you, and you will trust him in every situation, you'll be all right. See, because if you really feel with God's spirit, these three things, love, joy, and peace, should be inseparable in your life with God. People should see that in you, that if you have those things in Christ Jesus. Somebody come up to you one day and say, hey, you go to church, don't you? Or you do this, don't you? You say yes, and you can have peace then because they've been watching your life. People want to see what you've got that they don't have. Now, if you don't have peace in your life and they're not saved and they don't have peace in their life, what are you showing them? If you say, I go to church and, and you're unfaithful and you don't be there when the doors open it when you can be, and I don't mean, well, I, I, I got to go do this or I got to go shopping or that. Those are things you can do on Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday or after church. But I'm talking about when you can be there when, when you don't have an emergency going on or you're not on vacation or you're not working, that you be there when the church doors open. Then you can say to people, yes, I got peace and I love to go to church and it makes me joyous to go there and sing praise to God. See, people need to see that we have that relationship with God in our lives. There's people come to church that don't even know God. There's people come to church just to use it for a cloak to, to get what they can get out of the world, and they're no different than the world. I knew a man one time that later on became a deacon, and, I, and he told me this story later. He said, you know why I come to church? I come to church because I got can sell cars. There's a hundred people goes here. I have a hundred potential buyers in this church and all their friends because I'm here and I rub elbows with them. But that's not what church is about. It's not about using God for a cloak to get what you want for the flesh. It's about being genuine in your worship and your walk with God. It's being able to come out and gather together and begin to praise him and celebrate the goodness of God in my life. That must have sparked a spark with somebody because I felt a quietness jump on this place about that time. Woo! Must be preaching good, Brother Gary. Praise God. Oh, you don't have to have peace in your life. Who am I kidding? You don't have to have, let the Lord uh, uh, have you totally. You can give him part of you. You don't even have to like coming to church, much less enjoy it. You can come out for fellowship, and you can come out when you feel like it and make mom and daddy happy. Make me feel good to see you there. What do you come to church for? Who are you when you say, I'm a Christian? Are you really wanting to have a witness with people around you? Or are you satisfied with an initial witness of every now and then having an emotional runaway and speaking in a few words that nobody understands to say and let the devil say to somebody or to you that, boy, I'm spiritual. It's good to speak with initial evidence when the Lord calls you to speak. But if you, that's all you ever do, you've missed the mark. That's the first thing. But there's a second thing and a third thing and a fourth thing and a five and a six. 
all the way down to nine, and then there's a whole book left over to do. I'm going to try to stop here in a couple of minutes now. I've already went just a few minutes more than I planned on. But, but I need you to understand. Colossians says it like this. Because you can rest in God's spirit. Colossians 3 and 15 says, Let the peace of Christ rule your hearts, since as members of one body we were called to peace and to be thankful. When God rules your heart, you'll have peace in every situation. Not the peace that you and I are accustomed to, maybe, but the peace of God. Through his blood, we have not only forgiveness, but peace. And since we've been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Where there's peace, there's a relaxed attitude, a lack of weary. John 14, 27 says it like this. I'm leaving you with a gift, a peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give isn't fragile like the peace the world gives. And when you live like that, there's an old song we used to sing. You can know everything's going to be all right. All you have to do is have a little talk with Jesus. And everything's going to be all right. We're going to run into some storms in this life. If you hadn't already run into some storms, both spiritual or physical, you're going to run into them one day. You need a foundation that you can lean on. That you know, that you know, that you know who you are. And nobody's going to shake you off of that. When I first got saved, there was a lot of gray ground out there that I wasn't sure about. I heard what this denomination said, and I heard of what this group I knew said, and this, that, and the other, and I was a very confused person in my mind. I knew one thing. I loved the Lord, and according to the word, he loved me enough to die for me. But then I read a place where Paul said, let us go on. Let us go on from just being saved. And let us dig down. In other words, let's get off this, this milk of the word and let's get down in some serious meat. And let's begin to live a life like Christ would have us live. And how are we going to do it if the fruit of the Spirit of Christ is not in your life and open for everybody to see? Amen. Stand up with me all over this place, will you?